no one's going to do that for you. No one's going to come knock on your door and say, hey, you know what? You should become a good firefighter and you should get in shape. It's just not going to happen. No one's coming for you. It is up to you to go get some if you want to. And, And that has a choice you have to do every day. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance, Weekly Scrap number 105. He is one of the linchpins of Fit to Fight Fire. Craig Stalloway started his career in the Chicago area back in 2004, eventually moving to Colorado in 2009. He is currently on a truck company in East Metro, he is the third member of Fit to Fight Fire, joining John Spear and Tom Johnson in asking that question, would you want you rescuing you? Co-author of the book, if I can pick it up, The Backstep. Dude, I'm excited to have you here to talk about it. It's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. And of course, he's a world-class instructor, he has, as well as, very humbly, but a Medal of Valor recipient. So with all of that being said, welcome my brother, Craig Stalloway, to The Scrap, number 105. Thanks, man. I... Uh we were kind of talking off air. I think what you're doing is helping out the fire service so much. And, uh, I do have a bit of a bone to pick with you though. Okay. Uh, so Maybe. you sent out a, a, sent out a blast on social media. Okay. With, uh, Trey Nelms, Steve Robertson, Jim McCormick, and then me. Okay. Those guys have incredible mustaches. True. Uh, they're also, <laughs> uh, <laughs> super legit. And I looked like a baby face, uh, in, with those guys. So I don't feel like I should be a part of that group, but I'm happy that I am. What's crazy is almost every person so far has said the exact same thing. So you are in very good company. <laughs> like every one of them said, I don't belong with these guys. So, I'm more upset about the mustache because I can't grow a good one. I understand completely, brother. Believe me. So that, <laughs> that all being said, um, did I miss anything in the intro? Anything you would like to add? No, I, I uh, started everything back in Illinois and decided that uh for anyone who lives in illinois there's a reason why you moved to colorado <laughs> so uh i left there in 09 and um yeah it's just kind of been that that grind to finally get to the department where you you feel like you should be right on man right on i yeah. love it we got people logging in there we come there they come they said good evening gentle from garrett taves gavin Reynolds said highly recommend the book regardless of years of service 100 percent agree with that so, that being said, um, audience, get your questions ready. Get them ready for Craig. Get them ready for us. We're going to throw them. And I'm going to lead it off with, let's get right into the back step. The back step, can you define it for um, me and the listeners who may not understand exactly what you mean when you say it? Totally. So, the back step's just kind of slang. Um, way back in the day, if you were on an engine company, you... Uh, rode the tailboard or the back step, or if you're on a ladder company, you rode the side step. So the actual position is, you know, just the, the firefighters who are behind, you know, the, uh, the officer and the driver. So that's kind of the, what the position is, what, uh, what it means is a bit more in depth. So it used to be, if you were the senior person in the station, like you, you were the, the go-to, leader that didn't have any rank right so that's pretty much what the back step is it is someone who is inside the firehouse and it very well could be the person who has the most time on or 
you know, it could be someone who just has a few years on, but it's someone who has taken on the responsibility to be an informal leader. And it's not something that you're asked to do. It's uh, it's a choice you make and you, it's a choice you make every day. You don't just become one and, and, and that's it for the rest of your career. It's uh, it's, you know, if you're an officer and you promote, I mean, you're a chief, you have respect for the rest of your career. It's because you, with those bugles, that shows people that you have the time on, you put the time in to, to test, and you know you have a certain level of knowledge as opposed to myself. They look at me and they don't know if I'm, you know, if I suck or if I have any skills at all. So every time I meet somebody new, um, every shift, I feel like I'm starting from scratch and I got to prove myself to my crew. I love it. Love it. And then a back step. So, and, and I would love to say that the bugles automatically mean, you know, your stuff, but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Sure. One means you've earned it. And one is uh, earned every day. And I love that intentionality behind that. That's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's, it's not something that I thought about for probably the first, I don't know, eight years of my career, but like everybody knows one, everybody knows that person who's been riding backwards for most of their career. They decided never to promote. And you know, they're, excuse me, uh, no COVID. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of that, it's kind of that special thing that like you hope that one day you can attain. You have, and, yes, yes. You know, I, I, I don't know if I have yet, but, uh, wrote a book about it. <laughs> no, hundred percent. And that's mainly, I'm serious. That's mainly what we're going to talk about today. Cause I just finished, got the copy mine. I'm very proud of this right here. Mine's signed from Craig. That's right. So I'm very special. And, uh, but no, I, I, you guys know me, I take a ton of notes and I got a ton of notes and I want to talk about this book and there's so much I want to dig into on this book. Cause there is one thing I love about a mindset and be the backstep guys. This is, this is a firefighter friendly book, man. And every firefighter should read both mindset and the backstep because there is no fluff. There's no, um, filler it is meat plain and simple if you're a meat eater if you're a firefighter you need to read it so and i don't say that lightly no i mean there was a reason we we got together and decided to to write this book and there's a lot of fire service books out there and by page 100 you feel like you've read the same shit like a thousand times so we wanted to to trim the fat and make it accessible you know like you see a uh, a book this big and you're like well i can rip through that right in a little bit and and that was kind of the intent no i knew it and it and that's the thing is i don't know if people realize it's written for firefighters man like 100 percent men of action you know right and and i mean that in a, in a great way sure um so my question's coming at you and and Send it. And again, guys, get your questions ready if you've read the book and bring them at us. But mine is, I have a lot of topics I want to dig into when it comes to this book. And I, first, I want to get what pushed you to get this book out there, to write the back step. Get it out there. Oh, right that was back. easy. Uh, I was on a run, and uh, I got a call from John Spera, and he says, we should write a book. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't even graduate college. You want me to write a book? Like, that's, that's insanity. Um, and... You know, he's like, hey, here are some chapter names. Just think about them. And I had read a few of uh, Josh Green's book books and just kind of, you know, 
some other leadership books that not were not necessarily about the fire service. And I'm like, well, this is totally what we deal with on a regular basis. And uh, it was pretty cathartic, to be honest with you. I mean, I kind of treated it like a journal. And, you know, eventually I had enough content to, uh, to, to put inside the book. So honestly, it was just a drive from John saying that, you know, there aren't a lot of books for people without rank. Uh, there's a lot of books to prepare people for promotion, promotion exams. Yeah. Or leadership. Uh, this yeah. is not one of those books, I don't think. Um, but if you are a firefighter and you feel like you are disenfranchised and you feel like you don't have any control over your career, I think this is exactly what you need. No. And, and you said that I realize it now that you say that, um, you said it's like you wrote like a journal and I feel I get, it has that feel like you're getting a peek inside a back steps, like day to day journal life. It's, it has that feel. I didn't realize that when I was reading it, but when you said that, I like totally identified with it. Well, yeah, like we want action steps. I just don't want to tell you a bunch of hyperbole of, of, you know, my theories on how to be a, uh, you know, non-commissioned leader. It's right. what can I literally do? And we, and we spell it out in the book when you get to work, what do you need to do? Um, and, and there's obviously, there's a lot of other people who fill this role who don't do it the way I do and it works for them. So, you know, my challenge is when you find a, a, a way that works for you, let me know. Hundred percent, dude. And that comes we'll add across, it to the next one. Yes, that comes across so much in it. It's not like you're saying this is the only way. You must follow A, B, C. Um, right. I'm gonna catch you up because there's a lot of things people are saying. Oh, uh, yeah, Michael Lataki said, "Let's get it. Finally, get to see one live." Welcome, Michael. We got some flexing arms. Uh, Marco Isom said, "Some of the best senior guys and gals are riding the back step. There is no doubt about it." Mindset was great. I need to pick up back step. George Robertson, absolutely. I cannot suggest it enough. Way to go, uh, George. Gavin Reynolds says, books should be handed out to every probationary firefighter. Easy to read and so much useful knowledge. And I think that's Thanks, a Gavin. really good uh, just encapsulation of it. Easy to read, tons of useful knowledge. Um, Andrew B. Turin says, mindset and backstep have been a staple during my probationary period, keeping me in line, on track, invested into the job. Uh, there, you, So much more along those lines. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Fit to fight fire quotes all over our station. Love your stuff, dude. I hundred percent, ah, man. Cool. Such a fan. Like I'm a fanboy of fit to fight fire so much. So, <laughs> uh, you can see my, my, me smiling as I say, I'm yeah. Okay. Oh, it's awesome, man. Uh, first question coming at you. That's not from me. It's from Tim, uh, Campbell. Here we go. Tim, Tim dash Brittany Campbell. So I don't want to, I don't know which one's coming at me, but coming at you is, can you teach mindset or is it just something you have? No, I mean, it goes back to like, is talent innate? And obviously it's no, you know, like there are, I mean, if you read the book, I didn't have mine. I feel like maybe I don't even have it now, but I know I didn't have it for the first, gosh, like 25 years of my life. You know, like it took that long to figure out that uh, we are in complete control of of that destiny, you know, um, if it's to be, it's up to me, you know, like that's, that really gets down to the nitty gritty of it. And inside the book, I, I talk about how I feel like when I was younger, I was given this role and you don't understand that. Like you don't just have to take whatever role you're given in life. 
you know, like you can choose whatever you want to do, but no one's going to do that for you. No one's going to come knock on your door and say, Hey, you know what? You should become a good firefighter and you should get in shape. Right it's just on. not going to happen. No one's coming for you. It is up to you to go get some if you want to. And, and that has a choice you have to do every day. You know, like, let's say you're in shape one day. You're like, all right, I made it. I got mindset, read all the books. I fit into those, you know, size, whatever pants you feel like you should be fitting into. Uh, that shit's going away the next day if you don't, if you, if you take your foot off the gas. So uh, it, it's up to you to create this life that you want. Otherwise, you're going to have a life that's been given to you. And I don't know anyone who's successful who has that. I love it, man. Sorry, I have to I have to write down when I get a good soundbite, and it's just yeah, hundred percent, dude. I love it when you start preaching already. Sorry, I get I get jazzed. Yes, Karen Ireland says hi, Craig. Just signing in to watch. This is great, uh, Richard. Hi, Karen. No, there's someone's tagging. Okay, sorry. There we go. All right, we're getting going. We're getting it underway. I'm loving it already. Um, <laughs> the book starts off with one of my favorite things. A hundred percent. It's one of my personal mantras. One of my personal mantras is it all starts in the mirror. It's one of those things I tell myself all the time. And your book starts off with that and it's leading yourself. And so start, and I think you just kind of just hammered the point right there, um, leading yourself and how important that is. Yeah. I mean, the first part of the book is like, how can you expect anyone to follow you if you don't even, wouldn't even want to follow yourself? And that, that doesn't mean that you are starting this journey alone. You know, I think one really shitty thing we do to each other is we don't give grace to the people who are on the road. You know, like you're at the gym and you see some overweight person and you're like, you know, you could easily look down on that person oh, yeah. to be like, oh, God, they're out of shape. What if they were 200 pounds heavier six months ago? Right like you on. have no idea. So I think a, a really important piece of this journey is realizing that we're all on one. No so. Doubt when you see someone along the road, like give them some grace, uh, to a point, there is a point where they know better. They're making a choice to not live up to, to even a medium standard. And those people just need to be let go. They, I, you know, if, if, if they know better and you've tried your best, you can't waste any more juice on them. Rock on, dude. I love that. And and the, and the point you bring up really about the gym and seeing seeing a, a, a wildly out of shape person at the gym, right? Uh, and this is what I'm wondering is how much of it is maturity that because uh, I know a younger me, I'd be at the gym saying, what the hell are you doing here wasting your time? You know what I'm saying? But sure. now that I'm older, I see that and I'm like, rock on. Get it, man. Get on the uh, path. I'll tell you when it happened for me. Yeah. Uh, I've done a couple Ironman and I'm not fast at all. Uh, I, I race with some guys who are absolute studs, but, um, when you're on that race and you're out there for 13 hours, 17 hours, you see, and you meet so many people and you see that, that their struggle is their struggle and their 10 might not be your 10, but you have to appreciate the fact that they've found it right. and that they're still getting after it. And, uh, I think when you start to, to appreciate that in other people, you start to give yourself, it's just a lot easier to reflect right and, and, and appreciate other people's struggle when 
you know, when you've gone through it yourself so many times, you can look across the room and be like, that person's at their 10. I can respect that person right on. because regardless of where they're at, you know, like we'll get some people who roll into our station and they're completely deconditioned. They're, they're not into the job. They are, have completely checked out as long as they get in their gear and, and get to their, their 10, you're good with us. You might, might as well join the crew because we just want grinders, you know, regardless of where you're at. No, I like that, man. I like that. And, and do you think it really just comes down to empathy? Like the ability to understand where someone else is coming from? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, like you see that, that they're trying just as hard as you are. Even though you might be on third base and they're only on first. Yeah, they're trying to get to uh, first. They're trying to get there. Right. So, like, why not Why not help them out? No, Gavin, at least not shit on them. You know, like. No, I love it. I love it. Gavin Reynolds said perspective of others reality. That That is a really strong oh, way to put awesome. it. That's awesome. Yes, I love it. All right. We're already getting introspective here early. Oh, I, yeah. Let's let's do it. This is it's one of my real favorites. weird by the end of this. <laughs> this is one of my favorites, man. Uh, this concept and it runs throughout your book and already throughout this conversation. But it's the power of choice versus excuse. Uh, so go with that and tell me your journey to get to that point and and hit it wherever you want to go with it. All right, let's talk about the difference between the two. Okay, difference between a choice and an excuse is data. Okay, so. Uh, I can't dunk a basketball. All right. Just, I don't have what it takes to physically get this situation up high enough to dunk. Okay. Okay. Those are the facts. All right. But if I were to have all those things, right. If I was tall enough and I had the, the athletic ability and I was just like, you know, I just don't feel, you know, like "Ah, my shoulder hurts. I didn't sleep real good last night, blah, blah, blah. Those are just excuses, right? There's no, there's no truth behind it. There's no data behind that. Okay. We're all tired. Okay. We all feel like shit, but we still go and we go get after it. So I think when you realize, is this a cause? Okay. Is this because of something completely outside of my control? Okay. Or is this just an excuse? And I think when you can differentiate that in your own mind, I mean, there's, there's really not much you can't do. I love it. Um, a big thing for me and tell me if you relate to this or not. Okay. So I smoked, I started smoking when I was a teenager and I smoked for a very long time in my life. And the thing that I realized is forever. My reality was I was invincible. It didn't matter that I smoked. You know what I'm saying? That was a reality. Now it wasn't real. It was just my reality. Okay. So don't let me, let me, don't let me, uh, pretend that there's a difference. Um, but there comes a point when you realize what is real, the truth. And it's at that point when you realize the truth that you have that choice to make, you can either accept the truth or you can make an excuse. Well, what, what made you not feel like you were invincible? I, I, well, I think some of it was just, just actual maturity and, oh, and, okay. and living Did, life. Like you and, saw some people who were, well, you know, over and over and over. And, we make those rides where someone's on oxygen and COPD and et cetera. You know, you can only yeah. deny that so long before. Uh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. My power of self-deception is, is immense. <laughs> well, it's it's true for all of us. Right. We want to see the people that we feel like we're portraying. Right. But in reality, is that really the case? No, there I mean, comes a point when when I don't care how strong my, my self-deception is. Reality is stronger. 
You know what I mean? I tell you what, I think that's the the biggest benefit to the way that we train is you get to know yourself real well. Ooh, that's strong. And it, it takes away the the man, I could do that. You know, right, shit, right. We, we hear at the firehouse, like, ah, yeah, I'll I can handle, turn it on when I want I'll to. handle it day of. You know, like, you know, I threw some ladders in the academy. I'm good. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get you outside and let's see what you can do. Because I know for me, there are some mornings that I can't do some things that I could the day before because of, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I think the excuses are pretty strong in our profession. Um, but you know, you, you have a choice to surround yourself with people who are on the, your same program, you know, and hold you accountable, right? You know, like, Hey, you know, let, let's go see where you're at today. Cause you know, <laughs> it, it ain't going to be the same as the last time. No, I do love it. And then, and then that point where choices or excuse and, and the reality, uh, Valerie Marshall, I just like this scroll. Valerie Marshall Solano said, please tell the Oreo story. <laughs> so do we get an Oreo Thanks, story? Val. Thanks, Val. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you the Oreo story. It's in the book. Oh, man, my wife hates this story. Uh, so I was always kind of like a, I was a thick little biscuit when I was younger, you know? Um, and uh, it was kind of illustrated by the fact that I went to Catholic school for uh, a few few years, and you have to wear a uniform, right? It's, it's navy blue slacks, and it's a uh, it's a white button down. Okay, so uh, we were at Sears. We were at Sears. Okay, I don't know if anyone out there remembers shopping at Sears, but that's where. Uh, well, show our age. We remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so my mom's taking me. She, she, we're shopping at Sears, and uh, we're getting school clothes for uh, for the next year, and. Uh, I've, I've cultivated, cultivated a little bit of mass and I, I couldn't find any slacks that fit me. And, you know, you know, damn well, mom's not going to get the waist you need tailored in third grade. Right. right? Like it's just not, not happening. So, uh, I got blue sweatpants and I wore sweatpants to, to school until I could, you know, till I got a little taller and, and, and could wear the required uniform. So that was kind of like my lot in life. I thought like, right. Like I was going to be the, the Husky kid. This is it. Um, right? Yeah. Right. Like this is, I, I guess this is where I'm at. So fast forward, uh, I was working at a fire department in, uh, in the Chicago suburbs and me and my officer, we were having a heated discussion about who loved Oreos more, <laughs> right? Standard firehouse. Right. station. Obviously, I thought I did. Right. right? And you had to prove not it. Double, not double stuffs. Right. I'm not a savage. Uh, it's your standard Oreo. <laughs> and we're like, all right, well, let's do this. Let's have an Oreo eating contest. So we got like four packages of Oreos. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there with my lieutenant and he's hammering them. Right. And I'm got one sleeve down and I'm like, this is the best challenge ever. I love Oreos get another another sleeve i'm crushing it another sleeve i i finish a pack okay starting on that second pack starting to get some pangs sure over here okay and probably halfway through that man i tap out i'm done and he <laughs> finishes <laughs> he finishes his whole pack and the rest of mine okay dude's an animal right on 
So the rest of the shift, I am like in the chairs, hurting, feeling terrible. And, uh, you know, like we all have a good laugh and sure. I don't, I don't eat dinner that night. I think it's something crazy, like 20,000 calories or something that I put in. Jeez. And, uh, so that next morning I get off shift and I go over to my, uh, girlfriend, my now wife's apartment and I'm like regaling her with this story. And like, I think it's hilarious. Cause like I made everybody laugh and she, uh, a little background on her. Okay. okay. Um, we've known each other since the fourth grade and, you know, we, we spent a lot of time. We knew each other, right? Sure. Like we, we knew who each other were. Right. And she goes, uh, cause this, is this who you want to be? Like, mm. you want to be the funny fat guy. And it like, like took me back. Right. And at the time, like, it was one of those like wake up moments. Sure. And, no, I remember reading the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what was so special about it was like, she, she's incredible. Right. And she, she was able to foresee that like I had more in me and that I hadn't seen it yet, but she had. Right. So, uh, I think it's one of like the coolest stories we have. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it wasn't like the next day I was like, boom, got my, I'm here we go like slimming down but it's the catalyst um, man it's the catalyst man it's totally that, yeah and so uh, you know I, I go into it and the book kind of how I like my process of getting in shape and getting healthier and um it took a really long time and like I still don't have a very good relationship with food like that that mental stuff like never goes away you know like that right you know, your, your body composition changes, but you know, it's still like an issue. It's still um, like this massive love affair that's just waiting to occur. Totally. I mean, <laughs> it's like if you're an alcoholic and you stop drinking, like you still, uh, I, I mean, I'm not an alcoholic. I, I don't, uh, right, I don't I get personally, to, but like, I would imagine, or like, let me ask you, I have this massive love affair with beer, like just straight up <laughs> barley. Well, and let me hops. ask you about smoking because it was something okay. that you quit. Do you ever like smell some cigars oh, dude, in dude. the back of the Anytime firehouse? Someone, you're like, like here's the deal. I hate the stale, like leftover, just, just, just like every house we're ever. Yes, in. every get called to every lift assist, and yes, no, uh, but that that fresh light up, that fresh cracked pack, yes, 100 percent gets me every time. Yeah, so, man. I mean, it, it's uh, it's in your brain. Yes, and I think people who end up getting in shape think that like, oh, like I'm not gonna crave a bunch of bullshit and <laughs> another one of a couple sleeves of Oreos and like yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah that sounds awesome right uh you know especially when your wife's an incredible cook like you want to get after it, crush it yeah you know that okay well now i have a choice right and so if i choose to become a slob again well i'm probably not gonna be able to perform my job and my my brothers and sisters won't trust me anymore. So like, is it worth it? Like, I don't know. And this Maybe is really is that tie back because you just said it, you have a choice. I think that's the thing I was trying to say is once you figure out that it's a choice, then you can either make excuses or make the choice. And that's really, I mean, that's, that's a great man. I love that. Yeah. 
you really see you should have wrote the book because you took all of that shenanigans and you boil it down to one sentence. I, I got that from reading your book. So <laughs> you've already, so you've already, uh, but no, I mean, I mean, it. I mean, that's beautiful, man. Uh, Gavin Reynolds said your wife's comment helped change much of the fire service with the fire she started in you. And that's the crazy part, man. It really, I'm going to replay that for her because she hates that story. So that, uh, <laughs> she maybe that'll make her feel better. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, skills used in the fire service are perishable. If you don't use it, you lose it. Also from Gavin, um, a teacher of mine in high schools always said results, not excuses. Excuses will only delay results. And that's from Tony Nunez. Way to go, Tony. Chiming in. No, it's good stuff. Yeah. Valerie said, thanks for indulging me. It's your choice to get better, which causes you to do self-reflection, not making excuses. You've done it, and it's where you preach from. And that, I mean, ultimately, no one would be reading the back step if you hadn't done it. You know what I'm saying? So that's a very, very, very powerful self-example, man. Okay, this is one of my favorite parts. Uh, the biggest impact. No, I, where, where, I want to get to. You took an assignment that most people dreaded in your in your in your department, and that was the rescue. And you told the story in here, man. It's one of my favorite parts of this book. So, go ahead and talk about it, and go. All right, everyone's got a position at their department. Maybe it's an ambulance company. Maybe it's a certain station. Um, it just sucks. Like nobody wants to do it, and. Uh, the way that the department that I work at was running it at the time was like, you got pulled out of your, like, so the, the way that the department I work at uh, runs is you bid a seat. It's your seat until you leave it. So, but we have these rescues. They're basically like pickup trucks that okay. drive around and go to like call uh, medical calls. Right. So you're basically like on a bandaid bus and uh, you can still go to fires Highly, like that. highly coveted position is what I'm getting out of this. Uh, yeah, everybody <laughs> wants a right. everyone wants a piece of the rescue. Okay, okay. Uh, and like you're not really part of the crew because you're on a different schedule than they are. Um, you end up working like four days in a row. And I had a newborn at the time. It was like just it, nothing about it was good. Uh, and you just had to do it. It was like you're turning the barrel when you know seniority hit you had to go so uh i looked at the list it's with a medic and emt i was a paramedic and uh i look at the list and there's a guy by the name of dan scoglin and if you can think about that person on your department who maybe you've never even seen upset right right always in a good mood always ready to get after it and when they work it is like you just sit back and watch just savages. Uh, and then, and one of the nicest people I've ever met. And so I see him on the list and I'm like, all right, I'm going to call this guy. And I call him up. I said, all right, buddy, these next six months are going to suck, but like, let's do it together. Like, let's make the best rescue ever. Like, let's make this a coveted position. Let's see if we can do it. He's like, I'm in, I'm in. So we show up to the rescue the first day. I think it was the first day. And, uh, my whole life's just been turned uh, Both of our lives totally turned upside down. We both have new kids and we get these ugly Hawaiian sea covers, this, uh, pirate flag that I keep in my truck to this day. Nice. Uh, a Hawaiian hula girl, uh, for the dash. And we get these ugly, ugly glasses, uh, from a company called pit viper Pit vipers. <laughs> and if pit vipers listening, they're awesome. I love <laughs> a fresh pair. Uh, but 
we were just like, let's, let's just have fun with it. Right. We're both like very capable at our job. So I think, you know, we weren't blowing anything off to be honest with you. I think we provided some of the best patient care because we were having so much fun. That's you know? awesome, man. Um, so we're like, all right, well, how do we make this awesome? Well, our goal basically is like, you didn't really have a district. You could kind of float around to the different stations during the day. So we'd call the stations in the morning and say, Hey, who's doing cool training. We're going to come out and help. And if we didn't have anybody say like, yeah, we're really getting after it today. We would beg, borrow and steal to get some extra hose or a nozzle or whatever it was. Um, and just train ourselves. And we tried to meet every new person that we could to show them. And I I honestly think this was intentional, right? I I don't think we ever talked about it, but like, we want to show them how great this job is and how great our department is. Dude, that's so dope, man. That is so dope. Uh, I think we did it. I don't know. I mean, we liked it. We had fun. Dude, it definitely sounds like you completely changed your mindset towards it. If not, if that was the only thing, but it definitely sounds like there was so much more going on than that. Yeah. I mean, it it pissed a lot of people off. I'll tell you that. Uh, And we don't really care. You know, like, what are you going to do? Take away my birthday? What are you going to do? Put me on the rescue? Like, you already did. I'm here. It's not going to get a whole lot worse. Um, So, yeah, you know, I, I don't think we made a ton of friends on the higher echelon of our department, but, um, I'm not there for them. Right. I'm there for the people who call us and I, yeah. Fire me. Now something, (laughs) something I want to ask you, cause this is something for me, like whenever, whenever there gets pushback or whatever there's griping or insert, whatever, and it doesn't even have to be from your own department, but whenever there's pushback, I always like to analyze where does it come from and who is that person? And do I respect that person's opinion or am I proud of the fact that they're pushing back? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you're a chief. How would you feel if two people um, decided to, I think I know the answer, but you know, like decided to basically, when I read the story in the book, I think it's one of the coolest things you could do with the bad assignment, man. So, well, I mean, when I say bad assignment, I hope you understand what I mean. What most people perceive. Yeah, it was perceived, but like your perception is reality. So like, if you go to work every day and you're like, Oh, I got to be on this pickup truck and like, right. Okay. How about, uh, you get to be with one of your buddies and cruise around and help people all day. Right. Which they're the same thing. They're the same rig sitting in the same station. The only thing that's different is your mindset. And I was just like blessed enough to be with somebody who was ready to like take that journey with me. Dude. I love, and I love the fact that the humility involved in that, but one of my quotes from your book, man, I'm going to pull it up here so I get it right. The pursuit of firemanship and mindset. Like, I think there's a book that looks similar to this one. I wish I had it to hold up that says mindset on it. But the pursuit of firemanship also, that's a that's a very key thing you guys did was said, hey, we're also going to go out and train and do firemanship. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think they're one and the same, right? Like, if your mindset is to go out and enjoy yourself and you get fulfillment from being proficient at your job, then they're the same thing. And, and not to mention, like, I have a long life after this job's over. I hope. Right. We all hope. <laughs> hope, yes. I right? Get yes, 100%. But 
if you're not planning what your mindset's going to be in retirement now, you're, you're screwed. You know, like you need to be living the life that you're going to live for the rest of your life right now. Don't wait. Don't wait until you retire to be like, you know what? When I retire, I'm going to get in shape or when I retire, I'm going to travel more. Or when I retire, me and my wife are really going to get our shit together. Like if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. Love it. Sorry, I get no. on tangents. No, no, I just got to write down the tangents, so I got to figure out <laughs> which one's going to be the one I use for the the bite, man. I love it, man. It's a great thing, you know. And that's again, that's it. Might be my favorite quote from the book, "The Pursuit." It's like um, that is the formula for being in a situation that maybe you don't want to be in. Maybe you didn't get a pick, but the formula is like I hear it all the time. It's like, hey, uh, uh, Chief Moore, I want to be a badass, but my chief won't let me, or my captain refuses to do insert X, right? But okay, is that a cause or an excuse? Exactly, man. You're exactly right. And the pursuit of firemanship and mindset, a hundred percent, is how you re- how you react to it, man. You know what I think? What happens is those people who are like, you know, my chief will let me train. I'm going to promote and then I can make a change. It's like, if you can't create change without rank, you sure shit ain't going to be able to create change with rank because you haven't cultivated the skills needed to do so. Right? Like it takes some tact and some forethought and a whole lot of follow through to create change that's lasting regardless of your rank. So if you don't do that when you don't have any, you're probably not going to do a very good job of it when you have rank. Those because bugle. then you're going to rely on that bugle for all this buy-in. Right. But it doesn't work like that, right? Those people bugles don't have along. magic powers, yeah. No, people are going to go along with your bullshit because you're an officer, and then they're going to forget it. No. So if you don't do it down here, it ain't going to happen up here. Dude, that's it, man. I love it. Okay. Uh here we go. The biggest impact a backstep can have is creating a positive environment in the firehouse. And again, this isn't new because this is basically what you've been saying, but it's a quote I love from the book, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not the officer's job to create a good working environment. Okay. Right? Like, their job is to make sure that you have what you need to succeed. I like you, it. I mean, I like agree it. or disagree, right? You're a chief. Uh, I don't. Ha- I don't know. That's what I assume. That's I, what I, I mean, expect out of my officer. Man, if you do not give them the tools to succeed, then then you can't set an expectation. So, 100. percent I'm with you so far. I'm with you so far. Yeah. I, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. My big thing for me. So, this is where I don't want to even digress or take away from your point. But the big thing for me is is as an officer or as the chief, you need to set the attitude. You know, and if if you, I don't. I feel like I would be negligent if if I relied on my back steps to set it. But I don't want to take away from your point of that's what if because they, what if they're that's because you were a backstep when you were riding backwards, right? Like that's not a normal chief's mindset. You know what I'm saying? I, I right because you're taking responsibility as I need to set the standard. I absolutely do. Yes. 100%. Okay. So. That If you didn't cultivate that riding backwards, that's not something that you get when you promote. I don't think it's your job. Fair. I actually, I know it's my job. I love it, dude. I'm not, right? take, that's why I'm saying I don't want to take away from you by saying I think it's my no. job too. So, uh, well, that, but like, even though you you have a white shirt, you have that backstep mindset. Fair enough. Okay. And, and that's what, I think that's what makes you such a good chief and such a, 
uh, integral piece of like what is makes your podcast so successful um, because that's the way you approach life and that's the way you approach your conversations. Um, but you didn't learn that going through the promotional process. I, I assume, you know, like I feel like that's some, that's a way you've been for a while or maybe I'm wrong. I have a very unique story. So, but oh, it's not, send it. but it's not, no, it's not about my story at all. So I, I don't want to take, I, I, but, but I'm hundred percent shaped by so many influences. But again, I want to go back to the back steps mindset because a hundred percent, I think that, uh, like you said, the exception to the rule is someone where they try to set the attitude from the top down. I think it comes from the bottom up. There's more of us. Yes. Right. So like if you can get, you know, in our, uh, our department, we ride two people in the back seat. Okay. So it's a numbers game. If the two people in the back seat are having a great day, the officer is outnumbered. Okay. We're probably going to have a good day. I like it. If you have two people behind you who are, uh, you know, two Eeyores, there's nothing that officer can do. So it's simple math, right? Like I think it is our job as, as the crew to make sure that our, our officer has what he needs, right? Which is people in the back, happy to be there, ready to give it their all. And then what we expect from our officer is the tools we need to succeed, Mm. which is we need, you know, a place to train and, you know, like, and the time to do it and the time to do it. Right. Yeah. I think that, that I tell you what, you hit the nail on the head. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. We need time. No, dude, if you give me the attitude, yeah. If you, yeah, sorry. (laughs) If you no, have, go ahead. If you have two guys in back that have the attitude and you can't give them the time to do it, then you're uh, again. I'll go to one of my favorite quotes. You're a special kind of asshole. You can ruin it. <laughs> we call so. those professional pieces of shit. <laughs> okay, they, <laughs> very much so, man. Dude, I love it, man. Uh, and that's infectious. That's the best part about it. Is it's so infectious. Um, you hope so, but like some days you're not going to be there, right? Like that's what I rely on. I, I tell you what, I have had, I have the best crew. I've ever had in the fire service right now. That's awesome. Um, you know, you have these crews where like maybe half of you are on board or, you know, the majority's on board, but not really everybody. And like, I've never had it mesh like this. So I've got a two year old and a two month old upstairs. And there are some days that I come into work and like, I don't, I'm not where I wish I was. And I think, my fellow fellow backsteps, like they realize that and they're like, all right, we're going to have to get him or I have to get him right. Right. And they, and they always do. But, um, you know, it's not like there's just one backstep at a station, you know, like, it's not like you're, this you're is the women. Yeah, here it is. This is it's, you. No one else. There's no one else. Right. Like, it could be, it could be everyone in the backseat. So let me ask you, Craig, how much of that is, is like intentionality and like, forethought where you've had these conversations of like is it uh, out in the open where you say hey guys there's going to be times when i come in here and i want you to know i'm counting on you is it is it something that out in the open or is it all subconscious and just kind of because you're like you said you're i have i call them those magical crews you get them like once or twice in your career i, I completely agree it's not going to be forever right and so how much have you is it just because it just happened or 
Have you guys talked about yeah, it actually vocally? Chief, I'm wondering. That's a, that's a great question. Um, the answer is both. So we are lucky enough to get new people all the time. Right. And normally when you get a new person in your station, the officer brings them into a room and they tell them about their expectations and, you know, yada, yada, yada. We do that as the firefighters. Nice. We will take our new person and we will give them a talk about what we expect of them, but more importantly, what they should expect of us. And that kind of comes out in that talk. And, you know, what, what's funny about that talk is, is it's almost the same thing, right? We expect them to have an open mind. We expect them to work hard. They, we expect them to initiate trainings and prove to us that they want to be there. Okay. And then we say, you should expect the exact same thing from us. Nice. And there are going to be some days when like, we're just not all there. Whatever happens, right? We get those calls that might sure. jack you up for a couple shifts and like, maybe you're not training so hard. Maybe X, Y, Z. Sure. Right. Complain. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's what, that's what it is. Like there, there's no different expectations for the probie than there is for us. Right. Uh, maybe a few like cleaning duties, but that's really it. Like we should be just as excited as you are to be here. But you're at, you're actively vocal about, Hey, I'm making myself oh, yeah. accountable to you to hold me to this when I'm not oh, there. Totally. If you don't, then they don't know. Dude, I love that. And I've never heard, like this is the first time I've ever heard of like a, uh, a crew, like the, the, not, not, Oftentimes, you know, the officer calling him into the office and say, here's what I expect. Here's what you can expect of me. But I've never heard of a crew actually doing that. I love, love, love well, that. Well, I, I tell you what. It's because it never happened to you. You're right. Right? It never happened to me. I no, never had a crew sitting down. And I talk about some crews I had inside this book. And, you know, I think there's a huge shift in the fire service. Mm -hmm. And you can't treat this next generation like the last one. Okay. And again, throughout this whole thing, like I'm just talking for Craig. 100%. I'm not, I'm not uh, representing 55 Fire or what Tom and John think. Like this is just Craig's opinion. Back in 60s, 70s, 80s, it was if you're going to work, you make a paycheck, and that's the most important thing. If I can provide for my family, I have succeeded. Okay. Well, now it's like, I want to feel valued. I want to feel like I'm making a difference. I want to feel like I'm using my life for something more than just trading my time for money. And we need those type of people to be leaders for, so that we don't lose this next generation. I mean, we don't have to, definitely not going into politics, but people are quitting their jobs at like crazy rates. All right. Some of that it has to do with the fact that there's some some extra scratch floating around, but people want to enjoy their life. They don't want a lack wanna, of purpose. Uh, totally. Right. That's a great way to put it, right? Lack of purpose. They don't want to work at some job for 20 years just so hopefully they can retire on social security. Like that might have been the the dream back then, but like it isn't now. So right. if we try and lead this next generation the way that we were led, we're gonna lose everybody. They might still show up to work, but we're going to lose them. Um, so I think it's imperative that we don't wait any longer 
to to make this change, right? Don't wait until you promote. Don't wait. If you're a lieutenant, don't wait until you're a captain. Do it now. Do it, it. next shift. The problem is, is that follow through, right? <laughs> Always. The consistency. Yeah, like, yeah. I read this book. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to do all this stuff. Everything that's in it, man. I can't tell you how many oh. times I've gone to bed at night with this great plan for the future. You know what and I'm it's saying? Like, like, Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, oh yeah perfect right perfect everything comes up and it's not important anymore yes. right so uh take small little chunks okay they don't have to be like sit your crew down and be like all right i read this uh i read this book last night and uh, i am the back step and uh i am going to be fit and everyone is going to listen to me right like y- you lost them right this no. is a process this is going to take time but if you don't start tomorrow, you're probably not going to start. Love it. I'm going to catch you up because there is a ton of people who said stuff. Tony, I oh, love boy. this. Going to pass it on. Robert, uh, Philip Grant said, if you want to test a firefighter's character, give him a badge. I cannot disagree. Um, cycling through. I'm just trying to catch everybody. Robert J. Ortega said, the officer position comes into play in setting things in motion. There are certain doors you can't open as a firefighter and you need the officer to accomplish and that's where that attitude comes in. Uh, Daniel Nelms said... Hey, can we go back to that? Yeah. Could it. you ask that dude to give an example? Robert J. Ortega? Yeah, please, Robert J. Robert, Ortega. give us an example of the officer position comes into play in setting things in motion. There are certain doors you can't open as a firefighter, and you need the officer to accomplish it. Craig has asked for examples, so I'm going to hit it to you. But I'm going to keep going here while you yeah, come up with it. it. Uh, Daniel Nelms said, attitude is everything. A good senior man can make or break the fire company. And I 100% agree with that. Uh, Gavin Reynolds coming back said with the presence you have in the fire service, here's a question for you. I'm sorry. With the presence you have in the fire service via social media and so on, how does your department and peers react? Oh boy. That is a loaded question. And you don't have to answer anything. No, no. I mean, okay. I just want to give you the caveat. I'm giving the, I'm giving the get out of jail free card. Yeah. Um, I think Again, this is just me, okay? I think I work for one of the best departments uh, in the country. Love it. With with some of the best firefighters I've ever worked with. And I've worked for other bigger, you know, big departments. I shouldn't say big, medium-sized departments, right? Uh, somewhere around 20-ish stations. And this group that we have is, is top-notch and just exponential opportunities for growth. Okay. I think that the social media thing is scary. Okay. Because we're expected to be able to get a sound bite out of how we feel. And there's, there's no way to take that back. Right. Okay. So if I say something, I can't follow it up with an explanation. And I think that that's, that's kind of a dangerous thing. And we have taken a stance as a company to hold a higher standard. Okay. And we refuse to move that standard. Uh, even if it means our jobs. Okay. Uh, I think it goes back to like, what can you, what do I want my son and daughter to be proud of? Right. And I have no problem bagging groceries if I can tell them that I stood up for my beliefs 
and did what was right regardless of the outcome. And I'm okay with that. Okay. I think our, I'm going to say this is a global thing. Okay. I think departments lack the confidence in themselves to allow their people working for them to push that standard. Okay. So not willing to back them up, even if they're trying to do good. Okay. And that is a general statement about all the departments. All departments. Not your, yeah, I get it. No. Yeah. So no, I, I feel that from traveling and talking. Yeah. I feel that completely. It's, it's. So you go to these conferences like we have and you have all these disenfranchised people. Okay. They don't feel valued. They don't feel like they have, uh, like that one gentleman who, who asked that question, like you need this officer to do this thing. They don't feel like they can make a change. And so when you have a big group of these people, like, where are we supposed to go? Right. Where are we supposed to go to like share our passion to like, Hey, it's okay to give a shit. Right. We have to go to these conferences and then we get back to our departments and we're like, Oh, yeah, this isn't fun anymore. We're back where we were. We're back where we were. <laughs> right. And maybe if I transfer departments, it'll be different. Or maybe if I leave whatever. Right. And like, I've left like five departments already. So like, I know, <laughs> I know what, uh, what that feeling's like that grass is greener feeling. Right. And, and especially, especially with social media, that grass oh, is greener feeling, man. Everyone wants to work at Stockton. <laughs> no doubt. I tell you what, those guys do like the best job of, or maybe the BCFD, like pig town and stuff like just, you tell, yeah, you're like, yeah. Oh, clearly yeah. I'm going to be doing it there. Right. No doubt. Uh, and maybe you are. I, I mean, it looks like it. No doubt. But, uh, I think that departments are very concerned about how they look. You know, we have an interesting job, right? We don't provide any value to the cities we work for. The bottom right? line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we provide no money. Right. The cops do. We don't. Mm-hmm. Right? The parks do. Everybody provides money but us. We yeah. are 100% liability. Straight up drain. Yeah. That's it. So I feel like chiefs... And correct me if I'm wrong. They're like, man, we should get like a smoke alarm program. We should get like, uh, I don't know. We'll come and. No, no, it's easy. Whatever. It's very easy to lose sight of, 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 especially in the, in, in, you know, in the last 20 years specifically of the all hazards approach and the, the many hats we're forced to wear and where can we get value and what is our, I think it's very easy to water down the mission, you know, and the mission is we are. The people that inherit the problems that no one else can solve. We inherit them. They're ours. We got to go solve them. And I think when you start losing sight of that is where the other stuff starts trickling in. Don't get me preaching. Sorry. No, I mean, I mean you're 100% right. And you have way more exposure than this. Like, right? I'm speaking as someone who's never been in a budget meeting. I've never been to a city council meeting. So it's very easy for me to to say all these things, right? And, and, and brother, I don't want to come across I, like I don't, I don't, oh no, I, I don't I, deal with I, it. I'm a BC, not, 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 not a chief chief. I only have three, man. You start dealing, <laughs> start dealing with real stuff when you get the four and five. So, well, I, uh, I'll say this there's no greater value than you can give your city than happy employees. 100%. Okay? So Dude. you want to fix sick call-ins, you want to fix mandatory overtimes, create happy employees. And you don't do that by really anything else than job satisfaction. Okay? So if you can find a way to create value for your people, 
that's all you need. Everything else takes care of itself. And I think that gets lost in the shuffle. 100%. So, um, and I'll yeah, go back to your I'm going to quote Craig Stalloway and say, as the pursuit of firemanship and mindset. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I can't say where I work. So I guess that tells you how they feel about us. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and you're not alone in that. There, there's a lot. Uh, and, and I know some of it is the, like one of the things that drives me crazy is the decision-making based on the worst case scenario. And this is my own personal little mantra here. But when you when you can when you play out the scenario and say, well, what if, what if, what if, what if? Okay, we're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, gosh, that drives me crazy. You know, it's easy though, right? No, it's, it's definitely easy to say easier, no, right? dude. I, we'll go to mindset where he says it's easy to say no. That's it. Yeah, it's easy to say no. And um, I think I, here's my hope for uh, like upper echelons of departments everywhere. You spent so much money hiring the right people. Right. You should trust them. Or God, that's such you a should strong change message. your hiring. God, that's such a strong message, man. It is, right? Like, Dude. If you're a business, right? If you're Google, okay, you don't you spend so much front end work trying to find the right people. Like, you don't really have to worry about keeping them. So if you're losing a lot of people whether they're still on the payroll, but they're gone or they actually leave the department. I think it's like, all right, well, why is this happening? Maybe it's because we're not hiring the right folks, or maybe we're putting too much energy into one spot. That's not creating job satisfaction because this generation values job satisfaction over anything else. Right? Like, you want to save money and you don't want to give us raises, but everybody's happy. Yeah. Like take this podcast for a minute. Okay. Right. And, and ours, it takes us four hours, four or five hours to get out a one hour episode. Right. Okay. When we send that episode out, we make zero dollars. Right on. <laughs> and it is one of the happiest things in my Dude, life. Dude, 100%. Man. Fire. So it's like money clearly ain't it. Right. So if you can find a way to do that, you're going to have way happier employees. Um, and, you know, I, I wish that for, for, for everybody. No, and there's, and it's, and like, there's a reason people took this job. And don't get me wrong. Some people took it for the paycheck. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. Some people took it for the paycheck, but there's a reason why people did this job and you have to connect to that. And, uh, okay. So, but I got an answer for you. Yeah. I've run into the roadblocks. This is from Robert. He said, I've run into road, oh, scrolled. I've run into roadblocks in the past with station projects to improve morale and station pride. And if the station captain was not interested, those projects were dead in the water. Okay. Continuing. Or you may have expectations you have for yourself in reference to training, participation, or work ethic. And if you're scrolling, sorry guys. And if your officer doesn't have the same interest, it can be it can try to darken your fire. Some officers are intimidated by senior men with loads of initiative, but you got to keep pushing forward and surround yourself with like-minded individuals throughout your department. So that was his explanation for your question. All right. Thank you very much for, for writing that. Um, I think that's something. And, and the reason I asked is because who, who doesn't feel that way? Right. We all feel that way, right? No, 100%. So 
we talk a lot about in our in our mindset class is like how are you going to view that right are you going to see it as a challenge or are you going to see it as a threat okay because what happens and, and i didn't come up with this right much smarter than me did but when you see something even when you think about those two words right like ah man i, I see that as a threat right i'm like Boo, everything comes down i lose all my juice but if you see something as a challenge like hey they're not letting us get a bailout prop here okay challenge or threat right on. am i going to see this as a challenge for me to hey how can i figure out a way to get this done right okay? on maybe it's maybe it's not a bailout prop maybe it's a ves prop that we can use for bailout so maybe i'm going to come up with a presentation that's like hey you know this is the statistics on ves and like this is Craig's personal opinion. VES is maybe one of the safest ways to get inside uh, a, a structure. Um, you know, could we build a, a VES prop and then you give them no way to say no? You found the budget. You went and called the city to make sure that it was okay. You found a spot for it. You got a survey from all three shifts and all the officers that say that they want it. Um, you found a builder to do it, or you're going to do it yourself on off time. And you got clearance from the chief that said, Hey, yeah, you can go ahead and use your off time to come in and build this thing. Dude. Is that how you're doing it? Or are you just being like, Hey, I want to bail a prop. Right. 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 And then you just, and that's it. Like, yeah, I would say no to that too. And no, and I want to circle back to choice or, and dude, I love the whole challenge versus threat. And I was introduced to it by Spira like way yeah. back. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, but you said uh, it goes back to the choice versus excuse, man. I hear this all the time. It's like the excuse is, man, my chief slash captain slash insert whoever won't let us be awesome. You know what I'm saying? And it and like you just said it, man. Do you look at it as a challenge or that's you know? it, that's it? And, and you know, my uh, my buddy Ross tells me this all the time. It's like don't give him an excuse to say no. Don't give him a reason to say no. Right? Cover every angle so put yourself in their position and come up with yeah you know what they're gonna get hurt if they do this all right well i found a climbing gym that was going to donate a crash pad for the bottom of this bailout prop and that seems to be statistically from you know these three articles from firehouse magazine that's where people get the biggest problem right 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 just just taking out the strikes yeah no, and, 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 and this is not directed at Robert, so don't take this, Robert, because I know you and you're very fired up, is a lot of time people want to latch onto their excuses and then complain about them because it's funner to complain about it than it is to actually go do work. So it's also not going to work all the time, right? Oh, yeah. So when we oh, were yeah. on that rescue, uh, we spent six months trying to get bailout kits for the entire department, okay? Um, and I think we put in... I don't know, hundreds of hours and it fell on its face. So it's like, all right, do I say that, you know, forget this department. It doesn't care about us. Well, I probably didn't do something right. Okay. I didn't know that there was a grant schedule that like, I I just assumed like I could just go get one. Right. And, you know, so like, okay, that was my fault. The next time I come up with an idea, I'm going to know that that's it. Part of the and part of the equation, on. right? That's it. Like n- nobody at our job, from the top down, from the from our chief to the probie, wants to come in and do a bad job. I love that. Nobody's trying to screw you over. If it didn't work out, it was probably for a reason. And it was probably your fault. 
Dude, man. Right? I mean, am oh, I right? Dude, it's so powerful, man. A lot of power. No, no. And that's the thing is, because I, I, we're having this discussion today with some guys, and we were talking, like, I firmly believe no one comes in and says, I want to screw up everything today and, and F these guys over who want to try and train. You know what I'm saying? Well, this goes back to, like, your relationships. Yeah. You know, like, if I, if I get in an argument with my wife, like, it's probably something I did. It's probably <laughs> the way that I, like, presented a problem. I'm not or- telling her that. I, no, I would tell her that. Uh, it's probably the way that like I present a problem or no, I didn't I pick you. the right time to come come up with this. I mean, I think we all we all want to do good. We all want to be someone that our kids are proud of. And I think it's like we just need to realize that about everybody. Everybody else, the empathy. We're, dude, this is yeah. All, again, back to empathy. We're Great in point. circles, man. We're we're touching on some stuff. That's right. I want to hit on the the cup in front of you. It has an anvil, and it says the standard. And it, I really uh, want to hit on that, man. I really want to touch on it. Thanks. Um, we we have an incredible audience. Yes. Okay. I mean, I think uh, Fitz Five Fire reached over two million people um, last month. Congrats, dude. That's badass. Yeah, it's awesome. I no, mean, 100%. It, uh, John does an absolutely incredible job uh, at, at our social media. Um, we kind of have decided to change our platform um, of our podcast. Okay. Uh, Fits Fight Fire is going to stay exactly the way that it is. We're going to go out and we're going to teach classes under Fits Fight Fire. Um, the website's still going to be up. All the old episodes are going to be up. But we want to concentrate on building a community, not just an audience. And how we're doing that is we are changing the name of our podcast to the standard. And it's, it's not just for firefighters. Okay. It's going to be for anyone who wants to join us in the fight of the celebration of mediocrity. We, we want to hold the line and we want to surround ourselves with other people who do as well. Love it. And you know, we talked about those people in the other stations who feel disenfranchised and, and hey, I'm trying to hold a high standard, but everybody around me just, just you know, is totally fine with mediocrity because it makes everyone feel comfortable. They have no place to go. They have no, they have no core group, right? You know, one of my favorite quotes is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, okay? Ooh. You're hanging around with a bunch of suck asses who, you know, have... $80,000 trucks and they're making proby wages, you're probably going to do the same thing. Right on. You know, like every part of your life is going to be worse hanging around with, with people like that. You need to find an inner circle and maybe it's not around you. Maybe you need, maybe you need somebody else, which is one part of like, I love about the stuff that you're doing, right? If someone who's in a, in an apartment that they can't find anyone who's engaged they can listen to your show. They can listen to these legends of the fire service, right? Uh, and they'll feel connected. Well, we want to take that a step further, okay? We want to create a, a group where not only can you listen to our new podcast, which, uh, it, you know, it's going to have the same kind of vibe, just, just different types of guests. Sure. Um, we want to create a space where a certain amount of people, around 150, uh, we'll be able to have conference calls once a month with us. We'll be able to do interview prep with us. Nice. We'll be able to, um, you know, basically have access to us all the time. 
and in hopes of building like a, a wherever they want to go, like we want to help. Nice. And the reason we're keeping it small is that they did a study where they found that 150 people is the perfect number for a tribe. Oh, I love it. Okay. So any bigger than that, it kind of gets lost. No, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we want to keep um, 150-ish people uh, kind of in this special group. And for it's, it is going to cost some money, um, but that we're always going to have a free show. The standard's always going to be free. Um, but if you want a bit more, right, if you want uh, free programming from Matt Chan, okay, he has, he's, he won uh, the Titan Games. He's a CrossFit at total stud, badass right. fireman. He's badass. Um, he's going to do your programming for you on an app. It's going to have videos. It's going to be daily. Uh, it's just a, basically it's going to be a space that if you want to take control of your life, we want to help you do that. It's just uh, yeah, that 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 whole sphere of encouragement for just being a badass, basically. It's like it's anyone who wants to just pursue it. Okay. Because none of us think we're there, right? No, I get you that. know, yeah. like it's yeah. just it's just to help pursue that. That's so awesome. If you're a fan of our podcast, the only thing you're going to notice is the the intro is going to change. Okay, everything else is going to stay the same. Nah, rock on. If you want a little bit more we want to give it to you. There's a community, okay, like there's a community that, that you can become a part of. Totally. Right. Totally. On, right so, um, it's not launched yet. We still have to create a website and do, do a whole bunch of stuff. We're hoping for next month and, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely let you know that that that's rolling out, but there's some sort of um, exclusive. This is a weekly scrap exclusive is what I'm saying. That's right. We, no one knows about this. <laughs> really? Uh, okay. We, I was joking, we, but yeah, I'll no, no, it was, we, we decided that this would be a great space to do that. That's awesome, man. Um, we just uh, we see the need for you know people who just want to do better, and you know uh, we, we want to be able to do that for people. That's awesome. And, uh, so so I think the and it's such a great platform that. for it, man. Because you got I mean, hundred percent. Like uh, a lot of people don't know how big of influence Fit to Fight Fire was on me doing what I do, and so that's the thing that I don't know if uh, John, Tom, yourself realize how much the peripheral effects of the spinning out of the hurricane that is them has affected the fire service. So, and, and, you know, just me being a small part of the, that, like I told you earlier, that crackling fire. And it's like, would you want you rescuing you? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, so, I'm a fan. No, 100%. I mean, it changed my, it changed my entire, uh, I didn't know what a fire conference was until I got with these guys. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, everything changed and, and I, I hope that we can at least help some people, uh, along their path, you know. No, and you have to tell John and Tom both because they were both very early guests of the scrap, which is awesome. But well, that's, I mean, they both deserve the scrap to have. Anybody, I guess <laughs> they both deserve to have a, a. It's it's so much better than when they came on before. Like I don't know if Tom even realizes it, but it, like his whole audio was all messed up because of how bad I was technically, and so I feel so bad still to this it day. Was, it was so, him. Yeah. No, so no, it was not were, him. I know what I did. You were perfect. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like that story better than mine. So, <laughs> all right. Now, one thing I always like to ask is uh, books. I'm, I'm an avid reader and I'm always yeah. looking for new books. And I always like to ask my guests, are there books or books that you think firefighters should read? And I, they do not have to be firefighter books. So, yeah. Uh, my answer is anything. Read anything. <sighs> like, find, just find a joy for reading. I, dude, I tell you what. 
This is super embarrassing. Mm. You know the Hunger Games books? Yes, dude, absolutely. Okay, so like teenage girls read it. Yes, my daughters read them. uh, I read them because my teenage daughters read them, and they were really good. Dude, that was like, I read that book, and I'm like, oh, like reading doesn't have to suck. And and since then, I mean, I've obviously obviously gotten into things a little bit more technical than Katniss Everdeen, but um, I, I would say find a find a book, right? Uh, and then find that Quake book, right? That one that just like shakes your core. Um, so obstacle is the way, ego is the enemy. Um, I'm reading the Comfort Crisis right now, and it's outstanding. Really? Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, the other one uh, my buddy Ross told me to read was The Alchemist. I know we all read it yeah, in high school. I've, I've quoted that guy quite a bit on some of my memes, but I've not read the book. So Okay, so I read it in high school, and I was like, well, this book's stupid. <laughs> right. Uh, and I read it again last month, and I was like, oh, I'm, I need to read this every year. Uh, so those are my those are my picks. Nice. No, nice. no fire books. In, so, and obviously, I mean, if you're going to read one book in your entire life. The back step. I mean, do you like it better than mindset? Oh, that's a horrible question to ask me. <laughs> uh, I think they're both equally awesome. Exactly what you need. Right on. <laughs> hey, I will say um, there are like I've, I've said this over and over and over and, and and the content of whatever you're reading is awesome. But I love the fact that you said anything. Um, well, I keep people just don't. I mean, I didn't enjoy reading. Like I hated school. Right. So I thought reading was like for nerds. Yes, hundred percent. Um, but man, I, I really—that's how I finish off every one of my days. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's great, dude. Once you understand how powerful it is, not the what you're reading, just the the fact of reading and firing up those gray cells, and that's right, and everything that goes along with it, man. It's it is it is strong. Dude, I, I, that might be the best answer I've ever heard to what should firefighters be reading, man. Oh boy. I'm telling you. Uh, okay. Yeah, the Hunger Games. That's what we should be reading. <laughs> and it's not like he just said Hunger Games as an example. He knew who Katniss Everdeen was. <laughs> it was a great book. <laughs> uh, five questions for firefighters. The I've been doing this thing for a while where I ask the five questions for firefighters. The answers are 100% your opinion. There is no right or wrong. The points are arbitrary. They're passed out by me. And I really, I really try hard. You gave not, out a perfect score, by the way, the other day. I know. And I try so hard to not give out perfect scores. But, man, I think it goes back to the quality of the guests I have. I really do try to lay on that. But I try not to make them gimmies. I really do. Okay. So, with all, that, with all of that being said, Craig Stalloway, are you ready for the five questions for firefighters? I think I'm ready. We can do this. Number one, what is the number one issue facing the modern fire service? Leadership vacuum. Hands down. I have a theory. Okay. Ready for this? I love theories. This has absolutely no backing in science. That's the best kind. Yeah. Uh, There's a quote out there that soft times create soft people. Um, And the fire service wasn't always a career path, right? It wasn't until, like, obviously the the big departments, the Chicago's, the New York's, they've been around for a long time. Sure. But the establishment of career fire departments is a relatively new thing. So there's always been volunteers, uh, and but but the you know I want to get out of high school and become a career firefighter is a relatively new thing. Okay, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but it seems like the '60s, '70s, '80s, 
municipalities were like, we need a career fire department. Right? No, no. I'm, I'm loving. Yeah. I'm seeing so, where you're going. I'm just. I'm. I'm following. So we had some major conflicts in those eras that created some great leaders. Okay. No. Yeah. So then the the nineties and two thousands came, and that eighties nineties period, we lost a lot of the. Those are the hard para, time. Those are the hard the times. No, the, the hard times were those, you know, the Vietnam, Korea War. Okay. So the hard times um, led to the soft times. Exactly. Well, they, okay. they, like they always do, right? Right. right. Um, and so the people that came up in that era, and not all of them, by sure. all means, I've had some of the best chiefs um, ever. But I'm saying in, in the broader view. Yeah, American Fire Service, not your American yeah, Fire right. Service, right? We started as this paramilitary organization because that's who was coming into the fire service was all of these people who came from that. And they were like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be wearing blue jeans to fires and we should be wearing uniforms. Right. And we should be, you know, like doing ceremonies and having a rank structure and all this other sorts of stuff. A lot of that was lost when we had no wartime for an extended period of time. And I think that the reason that the fire service feels very corporate right now is that those were the people they were looking up to, mm. not the people from the military. So now we have a bit of a vacuum of, you know, there's a handful of like I- incredible chiefs. Okay. The department that I left a while ago uh, probably has two of the best chiefs I've ever worked for and they're working together. And it's like, that place must be going bonkers. Magical. Magical, right? Right. Um, the cool thing is, is I think that's about to change. Okay. Take guys like uh, Dakota Meyer, right? Um, like a true American hero. Right. Is now getting into the fires. Like, and nice. he, I'm just using his in an example uh, because I follow him and um, I read, I mean, I, I feel like I, he's, he's exactly what we need. We just need a lot of them. Um, so I think right now the biggest issue is uh, is the fire service. And honestly, how we're recruiting, I think, is a big problem. Okay. Um, it seems like the recruiting events that I've been a part of are at high schools where, like, the kids, they're not – I wasn't focused in high school. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I think that we should be targeting, um, you know, like – college athletes that aren't going to go pro like why don't we try and draft them like hey you love team you love hard work you're fit you understand discipline like and you're not going to the pros you probably didn't do very well in college because like the 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 you know big 10 athletes that i know like they just got you were too busy running off tackle to be studying right like the teachers gave you whatever grades you want like why don't you come work for us? Like, why don't you come work for the fire department? Right. Um, and I think that'll change a lot of the issues that we're having in the fire service. Oh, I like it. I like it. And I, and, and this is the crazy part is, is, and I've said this like the last few times, so I don't want to be a broken record, but, uh, it's hard to come up with the original answer to that. And I really like that, man. Uh, Uh, yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about that at work and uh, and no, it's fair. It's fair. It's very fair. All right. Number two, pulling them up. 
Like I haven't. I, like I don't know these. What is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting? Uh, this kind of goes with what Trey said uh, a few episodes ago. I think it's, but a little twist on it. Okay. Um, I think it's going to get harder and harder for the weak to hide. Mm. What I mean by that is there was no YouTube. There was no, uh, at least when I started back in early 2000s, the only conference was FDIC. Right. So if someone told you something, you were like, oh, well, that's obviously what it is. That's the way it is. That's the well. That's the way right. it is. This is gospel. This is gospel. <laughs> uh, you you're not going to be able to do that anymore. Right. You're not going to be able to say like, "Hey, we don't have to train every day." Right. That's not how it's done. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And now yeah. I have, you know, all these examples of. Right. Hey, this is what people are doing all over the country. Why aren't we doing it? Right. And those people who just want to shut the blinds and say that's not how we do it here. I think it's going to be harder and harder for them to suppress the passions of others. Nice, dude. I've, dude, I love that answer because I've heard a lot of things about social media. I've heard a lot of things about the technology and the internet and things like that. But the fact of you can't hide anymore because of this blinding light called everybody knows everything that's going on everywhere. Dude, yeah, I mean, there, obviously, there's the downside, right? There's a bunch of shenanigans on YouTube, without a like, doubt, without a doubt. But yeah, but but I, I am. Global view, I'm actually stoked about it. 100%, dude. That's a that badass answer, man. Max points 100% on that answer. Yeah, finally. Number, <laughs> number three, best rank or position to be in in the fire service? Whatever seat you're in. So I say that I say that never being in another seat than what I'm in right now. Right on. But don't forget how many people want to be where you're at. Hmm. So... You know, like my my personal opinion, it's sitting backstep with a legacy leader. Mm. That's that's as good as it gets for me. And if and when I ever promote, uh, I hope that I feel like I'm in the best seat in the rig. And it'll be a shame if I get to a position where I don't feel that anymore. Where I feel like, man, I really wish I would have stayed wherever. Right. Um, but being backstep on a ladder company with a great crew, I mean, um, it, it doesn't get any better than this. And, it, and it's not lost on me because I know what it's not going to last forever. Dude, strong. But you should you should feel like you're in the best seat. I love it. No, And, and the thing is, every, anybody who knows me, anybody who watches the scrap knows I give max points for company officer because it's the greatest it's, it's, it's the greatest position to be in. But that answer is very uh, like that 100% because you said something in there that is if you don't feel like you are, like whoever realizes they're the Peter principle. Like I went too far. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> That's a great way to put it. 100% max points on Everyone else can see it. Yes, uh, without a doubt. And so yeah. 100% man, uh where you're at, like enjoy it to the max, which I think and I hate it I'm not even I don't even hate. It's like <laughs> I'm bringing it up like 100% embrace where you're at and be the maximum you can be. So if you gave any other answer to that, then I would be disappointed. So max points, one hundred percent. Max points. That's you might be the max points. you might be the first person to ever get max points and not say company officer. I don't want to go on, on record I'm as writing saying it down that. in my journal. You already said it. No, I, I don't want to shortchange anybody else who had a killer answer. Best advice you ever received. All right, I got a couple because okay. I, I thought about this. Good. Uh, 
I'd say the one that I use the most is, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Is the input worth the output? Um, mm. And that goes for everything, right? Is, is the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm annoyed by whatever. Is that going to do anything if I complain about it? Yeah, probably not. Well, I, I should probably forget it. Or, you know, is it worth complaining about mandatory overtimes or I don't know, insert for X? Right. Is it going to do anything? Like, is the juice worth the squeeze on that? No. I mean, that's how I feel about business. That's how I feel about everything. It's just, you can use it for everything. Uh, the other one uh, is my wife's actually. And will it matter in six months? Right. Might feel like the biggest thing in the world right now. I love it. But like, if it doesn't matter in six months, it's not that big. Probably not that big of a deal. Right on. Uh, I'm I'm going to have to soundbite that and send it to Miss Dalloway. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) There's a couple parts in here. Maybe she'll maybe maybe (laughs) she'll forgive me for the Oreo story. (laughs) No, 100 percent, man. I love that. The juice is worth the squeeze, man. Solid, man. It's just uh, yeah, it's no, it's true. And I can't knock that. Max points for best advice ever received. And then finally, one of my favorite questions, heavy fire, searchable space. Would you rather be assigned VES or first in on the nozzle? VES. Hands down. Hands down over. You're out of truck. Well, I am. (laughs) And if I was on an engine, I'd probably give you a different answer. Maybe. But um, I I think that that VES – is maybe one of the most important things we do. Nice. Um, the engine company does the incredible task of cooling the space, right? But that's not what's killing people, right? It's that IDLH, nasty smoke, and if we can provide shelter from that, that's what's going to save people. So I'm not taking anything away from the engine. Um, I think that Honestly, hose work is way harder than truck work. Uh, and I think if you ask anyone who's ridden on both, they'd agree. I'm going to put that sound uh, bite. It, it's hose work super snotty. You're in it. It's hot. It's heavy. It's, it's loud. I mean, it's all the things. But where I feel like we do the most good is being able to not change the environment but remove someone from, from it. it. And like it. to me, like VES is how that's done the most effectively. I mean, you target where you think people are and you have a real, you're in a real position to truly save their life. No. And uh, I think VES is like totally underutilized, really, really safe. And um, to, me, to me, that's where I want to be. If you ever, yeah, dude, hundred percent. I can't even argue that. Anybody knows knows that's my answer, and you just killed it. Not just that, but the reason why, man. Uh, They're both. You have to have both. No, hundred percent. And that's why there's no wrong answer to the question. It's I just right. really want to understand which one you're going to pick and why. And dude, you, yeah, the passion behind it gives you max points. Dude, you killed the five questions for firefighters. You killed the scrap, and ah. there it is. Officially, scrap number one hundred five is in the books. Is there anything I did not? Uh, that you wanted to talk about that I didn't get to. No. Um, I mean, just keep tabs on our social media for when we release the standard, the standard um, yeah. 
yeah, we're we're really really excited about it. It uh, it's a it's a monumental task, but I think a lot of people want it. And you know, we get emails and tech uh, all the time, and sometimes we can't get back to everybody. You know, like it's really unfortunate, but um, sometimes things get lost in the shuffle, and our our community deserves way better. Right. So I think what we're trying to do is uh, narrow our focus and and obviously still give people who who appreciate what we're doing all the same value and the people who want more we want to be able to give them a great product so uh just be on the lookout for that check out the back step check out mindset um fitsfightfire.com if you want any of our gear and uh i I can't appreciate not only uh you asking me to be on but what you're doing for the fire service is uh is really changing a lot so thanks man Dude, that's one of the most humbling things ever for a fit to fight fire guy. To say thanks for that. So, oh, dude, I got on. I got. I'm the third. The, I'm the third fit to fight fire guy, right? Like the it's uh it's Tom and John who uh you know that started the whole thing. So, I'm just a professional coattail rider. They, dude, you're killing it. Uh, and that trust shirt, man. I ordered that, and I ro- I was going to rock it tonight, but unfortunately, I wore it like yesterday, so it was all sweaty. Oh, it's awesome. I could not rock it tonight. Well, uh, if yeah. you like the Fitz by Fire shirts, just wait till the standard ones come out because we uh, we put a lot of thought into them. Nice, and, uh, they're going to be butter soft and 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 sweet logos. So I love it. I love. We're it. stoked. Um, okay, I'm checking here. I'm seeing if there's anything I left out, which I know, guys, I left out a lot of stuff. Craig completely sidetracked me. I blame. Yeah, him. I blame that was him. The whole goal, a hundred percent mission account. You get max points for max side points line. for sidelining. No, 100%. Um, a couple things I got to clear up here. I promised people the name. I did this right here. If you haven't got one, must don't scrap. There's the hat. Must don't scrap. There he is, the dog. Oh, that, see, he, I tell you that right there. That's some nice merch. He's mean mugging. You can see him. And this is it, guys. Here's the deal. I'm pulling up. These were the suggestions. There was Razor, Mud, Scrappy, Hook, Varsity, Vigilance, Creed, Hercules, Muggsy, Carl, Phil, IGAF, Mud, and Tramp. Okay? That was everything that people sent in through social media. But by far and away, there was one that was more popular than any other name, hands down, by gargantuan amounts. And here it is. This is right here. You can read this. It says, not a real certificate. The official name of the dog is Scrappy. Scrappy so the dog. It, it makes too much sense. And it says right there, for mean mugging on apparel and stickers and generally being an awesome mascot for the weekly scrap. So I love it. There it is, guys. The official certificate that says the dog is Scrappy. So it's official. I mean, done. there's a certificate. Yeah. I don't know how you get any more official than that. That's it, man. He, uh, you get it completely. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's it, guys. Uh, hit the website. Get mug. Uh, get mutts. Don't scrap merch if you want it. Coming up Sunday, I'm super excited. Jim McCormick is the finish of the four scraps in nine days. These guys, like Craig, I never even said thank you for allowing me to to bump you on my terrible oh. scheduling. Like it got me. It got me in the mix. I thought I was going to get bumped to like episode three hundred. I scheduled him. Talk to, I talked to him and I scheduled him. And then I was like, Hey, uh, Craig, I got to move you. It's my son's birthday. And I really screwed up. And he was like, No problem. It's all good. I'm and easy the, like Sunday morning. Corley. And the thing is, I moved you to September 8th, right? That was our original time to do this. And then I'm on duty September 9th. Okay. So for firefighters, you understand this. My daughter's birthday is September 9th. Mm-hmm. So my wife 
put the birthday party on September 8th. And so I had to call Craig and say, dude, listen, man, it's my daughter's birthday. I got to move you again. So that's why he's here tonight. He was the most gracious person in the world for, for allowing me to bump him twice. So I really do appreciate it, man. I wanted to say it's my, my, my pleasure, brother. Anything for you, anything for you and scrappy, the there official <laughs> dog. Um, other than that, uh, guys, if you see me at a, uh, at a conference uh, out and about, I love the must don't scrap pictures. So please come up and ask me and talk to me about it. Craig, I cannot wait to meet you in person. It was an Same, unbelievably man. good time. Uh, yeah. Follow, uh, follow us on, on all the stuff, right? All the shenanigans. Hit it, hit it. Uh, and, uh, I run East Metro fire rescue on Instagram and, uh, yeah, check it all out, reach out. Uh, and, and that way you'll, you'll be the first in on the openings for, for the standard. Yes, dude. I cannot wait, man. Cause it's going to be awesome. We're stoked. I'm kind of melancholy about one going away, but then I got the standard coming. So it's like, well, if fits by fire is going to stay exactly okay. the way that okay. it is. The only thing that's going to change is, is the name and the intro. I'm sorry that fire music's or the, the crackling's going away. Uh, but the new intro's dope. Dude, I'm and, excited. I'm excited. Uh, and, and if you want some more, if you want more content, if you want to be, uh, you know, involved in this community that we're trying to create, that's there for you. Nice. I'm going to plan so, to be on. Thanks, brother. No, 100%, man. Thank you for being the guest at number 105. Completely crushed it. So everybody out there, mutts don't scrap. I love it. And the audience, man, I know I didn't get to everything. Thank you guys. Yeah, people like Scrappy. There it is. Scrappy, Scrappy. Yeah, okay. Quite a bit of meme. There you go. You Hey, you chose right. So I love it. No, they chose it. Honestly, man, it was, it was hands down. There was, there was nothing even close to the, to the amount of votes that Scrappy got. So Scrappy is, is the guy. Um, Craig, thank you for being here once again. Audience, thank you for being awesome. I hope the tone stays silent unless it's burning. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the weekly scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.